They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. So now that the transfer window is coming to a close and the season is officially about to start, we're getting very excited for that. One week away till Arsenal kickoff at Selhurst Park. Of course, it had to be on a Friday. Of course, it had to be on a Friday with all the attention on us. But today's episode, we're going to review the transfer window and grade each club on how we thought that they did. Kickstarting off in alphabetical order, we will start with the Arsenal. How do you think Arsenal's transfer window went this season? Actually, it should be AFC Bournemouth first, if you forgot. Technically, technically, yes, you're right. All right, we'll start with Bournemouth then. What are your thoughts? Bournemouth, remember they were relegated two years ago during the COVID pandemic when it was at its peak. They've come back and they've made two signings so far. One in the name of Ryan Fredericks and the other Joe Rothwell. I mean, you compare them to Nottingham Forest and you, you're worried for them. You know, their their centre-backs are not great. Their centre-back options are... Uh, they famously sold Tyrone Mings to Aston Villa. I Bournemouth, they've also let go of Gary Cahill. I mean, he wasn't necessarily a big part of their team, I don't think. But for, for this episode, we're going to be grading teams from A through D. A obviously being the best. D could be a failure. Um, I'm giving them a D right now. I don't see how they. I don't see how they stay up with with just those two signings. You don't like how they were at least price effective with their signings, both being frees. I mean, but the m- amount of money you gain from playing the Premier League. You have to fork up the money now so you can keep the revenue coming in. If you if you save all that money, and of course, bringing in signings doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to stay up, but it, it at least enhances significantly your chance of staying up. But Bournemouth right now, I mean, you compare their net spend to Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest, they're one of the highest spenders across Europe. I would fear for their safety. Well, let's take a look back at history. Fulham came up a few seasons ago and they spent, I think it was, 200 million on players. They went on a spending spree with Andre Scherler, just to, for example. But who, interestingly enough, was the manager at the time was Scott Parker, who is coincidentally AFC Bournemouth's current manager. So do you think that this is a thing where he's kind of learned his lesson because Fulham did not perform that season where they went on a spending spree. I mean, like I said, it doesn't guarantee you success, of course. But Scott Parker has... I don't think Scott Parker was the manager when Fulham were on a spending spree. That was in 2018. Scott Parker was a manager in 2020, I believe. I I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced by their transfer activities. And... Rightfully so. All all their fans are worried, especially in the in the centre back position. I think 
But speaking of other promoted teams, I think the other promoted teams have made some really good businesses. Um, we've talked about Nottingham Forest. They've made uh, close to a dozen signings, I believe. The standout one being Jesse Lingard. We talked about his impact. Um, you think it's a good signing. I don't necessarily think it's the best. But I think overall, I would have to give Nottingham Forest at least a B. I think they've had a decent to a good window. Fulham, maybe not to that extent in terms of the number of signings, but they've made some quality signings as well. They're they're also looking at Burnt Leno. We'll see if that materializes down the line. But they've brought in Kevin Mbabu, the right back from the Bundesliga. Solomon, I think he's a winger from Shakhtar. If you guys play football manager, you know how good of a prospect he is. We'll have to see if that actually materializes in some form of results or performance this season because as we know, Fulham and Norwich are pretty much there to just make up the numbers for one season and they rotate. So relegation then for Bournemouth in your eyes? I think so. I mean, we'll get to the season preview predictions next week, but I think, yeah, I I think so. Okay, so a D for Bournemouth as far as their grade is concerned. Moving on to Arsenal, who have made a lot of signings this season. What are your thoughts on it? I think the most spent actually in um in Europe so far. If that is true, that will make it second somewhere in a row where Arsenal have spent a lot of money. I guess a welcome change for Arsenal. Um, I don't know how much of that is funded by the owner. But like you said, deals getting done much earlier than last summer. Still, I don't know why Telemans hasn't been signed yet. It seems like he's a top target and he hasn't been signed. I don't know. But so far, I would give Arsenal a B as well. I don't think I can give them an A. They haven't necessarily brought in the next priority position yet. And that could always change. But as of now, July 29th, Friday, I don't think they deserve an A. But a good summer, good transfer window so far. Who do you think Arsenal need to bring in in order to get an A for you? Well, for me, it would have to be a midfielder. I'm not, I don't really know where Telemans would operate. Telemans can't replace Partey. I don't know if Telemans is better than Xhaka in that role. And he's Definitely not going to play over Odegaard. So Telemans is going to be just back up for probably Xhaka because he's not good enough defensively for me. If Arsenal don't sign a defensive midfielder, I would be slightly worried as well. So two midfielders, one in Telemans. I think Telemans is it's pretty much a risk-free signing. He wants to leave. Arsenal look like they want him. He, they should bring him in. And a defensive midfielder would be nice. Yeah, understandable. I think, in my opinion, a dynamic central midfielder would be very nice for us. But yeah, I think I think Tielemans would be a great signing. But yes, maybe we could do better than him if scouted correctly. But as of now, all of the players available, I think it's pretty good. A lot of people are, or I should say a lot of Arsenal fans who are impressed with the outgoings 
not just this season particularly, but last season as well, to kind of free up the space and free up the wage books for Arsenal as well. So that is something I'd like to consider as far as their grade is concerned. I would say if Arsenal can get that CM, even if it is Tielemans, that's an A for me. Right now, yeah, it's on the brink of a B plus to A minus. Because I will say I was not expecting Jesus to play with this level of freedom that he's playing with right now. And it looks good. It looks good so far. I'm interested to see how Fabio Vieira turns out. He hasn't had a chance to play this preseason due to injury. Hopefully, he's not another injury-prone player as we've seen to come across a lot. Yeah, he. I, I we'll see how much how many minutes he gets this season. Maybe more in the Europa League, but we'll touch brief, briefly on Aston Villa. They've made some great signings. Coutinho, they they brought him in after the loan spell ended. Kamara, who was being linked with Champions League clubs, somehow Villa managed to snap him up. Diego Carlos, up there in age, I think that's why Newcastle didn't go in for him. But he starts over Tyrone Mings. And with the recent news that Tyrone Mings has been stripped of the captaincy, he's not even considered as one of the hierarchy for the captains. I think it, it was John McGinn and Ashley Young, maybe it was vice-captain now. Overall, I, I think a B as well for Aston Villa. Or, I mean, I could even give them an A because of their finish last season. You don't expect a club like that to pull off these these signings. I think I'm very impressed with how much they got Coutinho for. 17 mil. I think that's a steal. Yeah, and he took a 70% pay cut as well, I think. Very impressive there. Yeah, well, and then we'll also touch on two clubs that worries me in terms of the outgoings. The f- and again, we're all going in alphabetical order. First one being Brentford, who we know famously they lost Christian Eriksen was a key part of pulling them out of being dragged into the relegation race. And as well, Brighton and Hove Albion. They've already lost Bissouma, who has played a key part in the midfield. And they could lose Cucurella as well. Yeah, Cucurella looks like he could be on the way out, especially with the intensive pressure from Manchester City. Going back to Brent for a little bit, I do want to touch on their fullback signing in the name of Aaron Hickey, who was strongly linked with Arsenal. He is their most expensive signing this window at 17 mil. Young, promising fullback from Bologna. Apparently very strong on both feet. And he was compared to Tierney, actually. I'm not sure if that's just because he's Scottish as well or not. I haven't seen too much of him, but... I think that's an exciting watch for Brentford fans. Yep, uh, he's a he's a very young player. I think with bright with a bright future. So, and the fact that he's both footed. So, and he was being linked with Arsenal, like you said. I think he would have been a nice signing for Arsenal. I think he wouldn't have minded coming in as a backup, and for that price, you know, it's 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 a good price for a backup. I don't know what was going on between Hickey and Arsenal, whether he rejected, he didn't want to be a backup or whatnot, but we'll see how he turns out. 
at Brentford. We now move on to the second big six club in the name of Chelsea, who's had a pretty rough transfer window. You have to say, you know, there's jokes going on about how Barcelona don't have a scouting team. They use Chelsea's, you know, Chelsea. They've lost out on a lot of their targets to Barcelona. What grade, if you had to, what grade would you give them? Well, I think when we're considering the players who they missed out on, that's they're going to significantly bring down their grade. But I don't really want to look on that as much for their grade. Yes, they did bring in a few good quality players in the name of Koulibaly and Raheem Sterling. They're two marquee signings this summer. But I want to take a look at how they've handled their departures. Rudiger, one of their top-performing centre-backs last season, gone on a free. Christensen, another solid centre-back. You could call him a backup if you'd like, but he's done a good job. Gone on a free. The rest, they're just all gone for frees. I mean, Lukaku is a loan that they did get a bit of money for, but as you always mentioned, did they really replace him? I mean... Sign a player for 70 million, 80 million, or was it 100 million? And you just go loan 90 million, and you go and loan him out the following season. It's just, it just, it's not right. However, going back to their incomings, Omari Hutchinson coming from Arsenal, this is a player who I've kept up with quite a decent amount. As far as his development goes, and that kid has talent. That kid has a lot of talent. Telling you, if he can find his way into the Chelsea squad somehow, I don't, obviously, probably not this season. Eventually, though, that kid could really be an investment for the future, to be honest. But looking at their departures, looking at the fact that they lost out on a lot of transfers, to me, the marquee incoming signings don't make it up, in my opinion. And therefore, I'm going to give them a C plus. Yeah, I think it's pretty evident that they're struggling with with the new owner. Not necessarily that. I'm not saying he's a bad owner or whatnot. But he's coming from America where, you know, the idea of a transfer itself is not, is very foreign to him. There were reports that he was approaching teams with the idea of, of trades. And he soon found out, or he soon found out that, that that's just not a thing here. So I think it's evident that they're they're struggling with a lack of football knowledge in the in the hierarchy. But I think their incoming so far has been decent. Um, like you said, I would have to give them a C around a C as well. Speaking of C, another club that starts with the letter C, Crystal Palace, up next. No real big marquee signings here. Um, I would say the standout one is Chick Dacore, coming from Lens in the French League. He seems to be their most promising signing of this window. And I've heard good things about him. That's as far as their incomings go. Their outgoings have all been frees and loans 
two loans. So no money coming in, no money really going out. What are your thoughts on Crystal Palace and their summer transfer window this season? Yeah, I mean, since last summer, um, we know two years ago they were the oldest squad or oldest team in the Premier League. They're looking to change that up. You know, they've their signings recently have been all promising youngsters, in as well the name of uh, Sheikh Dukure. I think he is coming in to replace Kuyate, who's getting up there in age, and he's not that good on the ball. Uh, I think it's gonna be a straight swap there, from what I've seen among the fans. They've also signed this Malcolm Ebioe guy from Derby. He seems a real talent. He is, you can think of it as a Zaha, but with, on the, on the right-hand side and a left foot. And left foot being a strong foot. And for the first time ever, they've brought in a player from Bayern Munich. His name is Chris Richards. I think he is a fullback. Again, clearly we, we see what they're going for. They're going for that young talent, hoping to breed them, whether sell them for a high fee or in Zaha's case, or like in Zaha's case, really build a team around them. And all their signings from last summer were promising. Eze, um, Olise as well. So, and Mateta, all these guys. I'm, I'm excited for Crystal Palace. They've, they beat everybody's expectations last year. I think Almost everyone thought that Vieira would struggle given his records uh, as, a, as a manager, but they've beat those expectations. We'll move on to another team that's being managed by a former top player in Everton. Everton, as we know, barely scraped by. They were almost relegated until that final or penultimate game week. They've brought in two players from Burnley, Tarkovsky, McNeil, and they've brought in a left-back in Ruben Vinagre uh, on loan from... I thought he was a Wolves player, but he must have went back to Sporting. But we do have to mention there's a big departure and a big hole to fill in Richarlison, who went to Tottenham. What's your outlook on Everton's season? Based on how they look this preseason, I'm not too confident, but I don't want to judge it just on preseason. They did lose 2 0 to Arsenal, and they also lost 4 0 to Minnesota United, which is very embarrassing for their standards. However, looking on their signings, I do like this James Tarkowski signing. I think defensively, that is somewhere that Everton have struggled especially with Yerimina out for so long last season. They really struggled there. They had to use makeshift centre-backs, and it just wasn't working for them. I think Richardson was a lone wolf up there, up at striker, very isolated, but made the most of what he could. But focusing back on Tarkowski, I really like this player. I think defensively, he's actually very sound. The timing of his tackles and blocks are really good, actually. If you watch him very closely, you'll see that he, he has an art to the timing of his blocks and tackles. And I think that that's something that can help out Everton 
a lot this season. And I think he'll just ease the pressure on not just the back line, but the whole team in general to relieve pressure and help to see out games. I think that's where he specializes in, just help to see out a match where they're trying to grind out a win. Looking at the other Burnley signing, Dwight McNeil, I think this is a talented player. I think this is someone who has a lot of energy, a lot of fight, and his technique on the ball when he can whip in that left foot cross. He's got a lot of talent with that left foot, honestly. Um, and he's quite a smart player too. I think I can see what they're going for. But as far as Everton as a whole team and a whole unit goes, I don't see Dwight McNeil making the difference. I think he's a good addition. But does he really bring Everton up to a new level? Not in my opinion. There's still some time though. And I think they could still make some signings. And I think Vinagre, as far as he goes, again, similar situation. I see what they're going for, but it's just not enough. Yeah, I mean, I think McNeil, I think he needed a change in scenery. Sometimes it, this is what players need. The talent's there for him. We'll see if Lampard can get the best out of him. Uh, we'll move on to Leeds, who have spent quite a lot, but their net spend comes out to pretty much zero because they've let go of Calvin Phillips and Rafinha as well. I think Leeds are clearly backing the manager. Uh, we discussed Leeds a few episodes ago. I would give them a B myself. I don't I don't think the, the manager was necessarily using Rafinha that well anyway, but Calvin Phillips will be a big miss. Yes, and I like how they have brought in some replacements. I do like Mark Roca and I do like Tyler Adams. So let's see how they, they progress. I think B is a fair result. But I do like the amount of money they brought in with their sales. And I like how they're redistributing that. So B plus, I think that's fair. Yeah, and, and I think this has to be the first and only club with an F. I know we said A to D, but Leicester City, there's reports that they're struggling financially and the owners can't provide any funding. They've made zero signings. There's reports that Schmeichel has agreed a move to Nice. Combine that with the fact that they've made zero signings. I mean, an F. Not to mention all of their departures were free. So <laughs> we can skip past them. Liverpool. I'm giving them a C from me. Sadio a Mane. C? Yeah. Fabio Carvalho. He probably won't get that much game time, even though he looks a real player. Darwin Nunes. Is he good enough to replace Sadio Mane? I don't think so. At this stage, yeah, for this season. Calvin Ramsey, and you think he's just a backup fullback? Sadio Mane, I mean, if you look at Jurgen Klopp back in, let's say, Dortmund, when he lost Lewandowski, I think it was Lewandowski or Mario Götze, one of those two, he finished seventh in the league. This is the kind of guy that takes forever to be able to deal with a loss of a big player. And yes, there's there's a period where Saudi Mane fell off, but that, that coincided with the time that Liverpool fell off. And really, last season when Liverpool were back in full force, Saudi Mane was a big piece of that. And missing on Saudi Mane, 
Darwin Nunes is such a different player from Sadio Mane. Nowhere near as dynamic or reliable. I have to give them a C. I mean, they've recouped a decent amount of money for, for Mane, for his age. But as, as I've said, I've never seen a bag of money score goals. I didn't say that. Johan Cruyff said that. To be honest with you, Darwin Nunes is being bought not just for this season. He's being bought for the future as well. So I think we need to consider that Mane was coming to the end of his time. So to me, it's quite sensible. Everything's going to be a risk at the end of the day. I think C is harsh. I'm personally going to go with B. But that's just me. I feel as though Mane, it's a wise sell. It's a wise sell. I mean, he's not the one that I think that is supposed to replace him. I think that's more, they're just going for a more different system. Luis Diaz is already in too, so. But moving on to their title competitors, Manchester City. Thoughts? Um, I'll, I'll give them a solid B. Their, their starting squad got infinitely better with Holland coming in, but I think their overall the dynamic of the team got worse with the departures of Jesus, Sterling, and them. I think they got a little bit weaker because we know how... I mean, their their strength is in, in numbers, you know. So I'll give them a B. I hear that. And with that said, talking about their other players leaving, I'm going to say A, in my opinion. I like how they distributed their money and I like how they got from their departures. But if they let Bernardo Silva go, it's going to go down to a B for me. Unless they replace him, of course. But it's gonna be, that's going to be tight in terms of the time. Moving on to their local rivals, your team, Manchester United. Thoughts? Yeah, at this stage right now, it has to be... Can't be that great. C, maybe. If Deon comes in, B... Uh, the bigger, the biggest dent is this Ronaldo saga. I, I can't believe he's come out in, in July of all times to say he wants to leave. I can't believe it. Yep. I think that Ericsson is a bit overrated as a signing to me. I don't think he's going to be this difference maker that everybody thinks he's going to be. However, I do like the Lissandro Martinez signing. Maybe a bit on the expensive side, but still a good signing in my opinion. I'm going to go B-. minus. Being very generous there. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Newcastle, who I think a lot of people expect to do well this year. They've signed Nick Pope from Burnley. And Burnley have lost half of their starting squad, but they're not in the Premier League anymore. Uh, Sven Botman from Lille. Target steal is permanent. I think... A little bit disappointing, you have to say, as a Newcastle supporter. But you can't expect them to go and spend $200 million every window. I also see that. I'll give them a B. I think Botman's a quality defender. Hope proven in the Prem. I like how they've manipulated their squad. I think they've gotten rid of players who aren't necessarily needed. And they've brought in great quality to really upgrade their squad. Southampton. I guess not, nothing too, no big signings or no big outgoings. I'll just give them an average B to C, B minus, I guess. Tottenham. 
Tottenham for me might be the only club with an A. I think their their aim obviously was to go for the that depth and the the biggest area that they've increased or strengthened in depth is the fullback or the wingbacks. And it, it, we know how crucial that part of the pitch is for Antonio Conte. I'll give them an A. Well, what are your thoughts on Tottenham? Tottenham, I think, I think they've done well. They brought in some pretty good signings, in my opinion, on paper for sure. Jed Spence, I like. Besuma, I think, is good. Perisic, I really like as well. As far as depth goes, they got rid of clutch goals in the name of Bergwijn, someone who earned them a lot of points last season with late goals. I think six points or so at least. And I'm not sure if Richardson he has that mentality. He might, but they did pay almost twice as much for him anyway. So, yeah, it's looking good for them so far, but we need to see it in action. Yeah, moving on to the final two teams. First one being West Ham. They've brought in two big signings. Nayef Aguerd from Rennes, who... I heard it was a key defender in in that side and and Arsenal I don't know if he was a target but he was certainly linked with Arsenal the striker the tall striker in Jaluka Skamaka they've both for both of them they've paid close to 30 or over 30 million pounds for euros for them maybe I'll give them an A as well yep and they've also finalized Ariola's deal and made that permanent so yeah, they look like they're really making moves. But they did lose out on Yarmolenko, which is going to be a big miss for them, in my opinion. Moving on to the final team, Wolves. Might be another F. Oh, that That's harsh. I'll give them a D. Just because they've made one signing. Wolves, they don't have enough depth. And they've only gone and signed Nathan Collins where you could say centre-back position is probably the only area of the pitch that they have depth in, in the name of Cody, Willie Bolly, Max Max Kilman. I think Roman Seiss was let go. Like, yeah, I'll give him a D. I think that's fair. That does finalise the Premier League transfer grade this season, 2022. Don't forget, next week we will be Diving into the predictions and the previews for the upcoming Premier League season. So don't forget to tune into that. Let us know your guys' thoughts on our Premier League grades. Let us know if you have any thoughts on the grades that we mentioned. Let us know if you have any differing opinions, if you agree with us. And don't forget to let us know your thoughts on our Facebook page. The link to our Facebook page is in the description and the bio. Leave your comments, DM us, subscribe to whatever platform you're listening to us from. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so you guys don't miss an episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much as always and peace out.